Welcome to Out Off Topic. Good evening, Brad. What's going on, Andrew? Oh, it's uh, we uh, we had such a cold and damp Memorial Day. Now it's summer again, so which is weird because I was there the week before Memorial Day, and it was so gorgeous that we drove the car at the top down every day we were there for ten days. Yeah, the next week is going to be like that, except it's going to be just ninety the whole week. So. So strange. I just want it's 100, 107 here in Phoenix. Yeah, I just want to wash my car. I've been waiting to wash it, and now we're gonna get some rain tomorrow. So, just the just the daily driver. It's annoying. It's nice yeah, mine's covered car. in dust. I just have a thing. I don't want to like. Yeah, I could pay for the touchless, but it's summertime too. I don't like paying for a touchless car wash when I just do it myself in the driveway. Right. Kind of annoying. Well, we actually have a car wash down the street that we buy gift cards for every year. Because at Christmas time, they give them half price. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so we drop like 50 bucks and we get $100 for the car washes. Um, and it usually lasts us the whole year. So, because we don't wash the car often here because it's no weather. It's mostly just wipe it down. The pollen. Uh, I would wipe the car down if it was just light pollen, but it's heavy pollen. And uh, my stupid neighbors feed the birds and they poop on the cars. Yep. And it's really annoying. I have a giant tree in my front yard, and if you park under the tree, you're guaranteed to be covered in bird crap all the time. So mine was very dirty for a while because I had no room in the side driveway for the Eclipse. Um, so it was in the front driveway. So it made all the other cars shift over one. So I figured since my car was in the driveway, I'd park my car under the tree and not make Naomi park under the tree. So I was parked under the tree for like, two weeks and the car was white with bird crap. So I get that completely, but exciting news actually that, um, the albatross of the blue Volkswagen, the Mark four is, uh, gone off the property. Good. So now I have room out back for the eclipse. So no more cars in the driveway. It once again, looks like we're a respectable family with just two cars. Mm -hmm. Oh, the lies we weave. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's gone. So. No, I've been meaning to like buff out the G20 and I just haven't. The weather just hasn't cooperated. Yep. But oh well. Because it's here now. So update next week. Andrew buffs the G20. Yeah. Loses 10 pounds and sweat. Yeah. Well, that's the. uh, Humid way of Massachusetts. I mean, there is a Cars and Coffee this weekend near me, uh, Andover, like in the town of Andover. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So is that I a new one? I think it started last year, but I, I didn't know about it till like the end of the season. So okay. I'm going to go check it out because it's the same day as the uh, the other one that wants you to like, quote unquote, join donate. their club. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even going to say their names. I don't want to advertise them for free. If they're charging people, they can pay us for their advertising. Right. <clears throat> yeah, we had no problem pushing it when it was free. But now that you're charging people for things, we're not going to. It's not a car show. It's like it for free. cars and coffee. Sorry. If you want to yeah. like have a coffee truck and charge your coffee, fine. But I, I don't expect free coffee at a cars and coffee. It's never been a thing. Most places. No, but it's a casual event. I don't need a formal thing. No, I don't want. I don't want a car show with trophies and 
annoying trophy hounds and all that stuff. I just want literally park my car, see some cars, see some friends, go home. Yeah. We talked about this before. The whole point is that is it informal. Yep. Nope. I agree completely. Screw those guys. Not advertising for them. So I actually did go to a cars and coffee last week. That was, that did have free coffee. Oh yeah. It's actually, it's actually an interesting topic. So I'm going to bring it up. All right. So I went to a cars and coffee last week. Um, it was at a place called gateway classic cars. Mm -hmm. So they're obviously a used car or a vintage car dealer. Um, have you been to a vintage car dealer anytime recently? No, I saw some pictures on the internet, though. There's some dealer in Maine that has, like, a ridiculous cars for sale. Well, they had some really neat stuff. I'm not going to lie. There was definitely some cool stuff there. My question, though, is who's buying these cars? Couldn't tell you. Because they're not reasonably priced in what I would even consider any way, shape, or form. I, I don't want to knock them for what they're doing if they're selling cars, but I was trying to consider how people are buying these cars. For instance, uh, a 1984 GMC C1500. So that's a square body GM pickup. It's a two wheel drive. You know, it's LS swapped. Okay. It's a nice truck. There's nothing special to do it. It's, it's, it's lowered with an LS. Um, it's stock. Otherwise it's, you know, stock body, stock interior in decent shape. You know, you figure that's what a $15,000 truck. Yeah, probably. Yeah. $35,000. Whoa. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people that don't use the internet, uh, <laughs> I mean, money laundering, I don't, but that's the thing. If you pay with cash over nine grand, you get a report it anyways. So yeah. So parked next to it was a 96 Dodge Ram 2500, you know, 80,000 miles. So low, but not like delivery miles. It's a four by four, 2500 gas, you know, typical five, nine automatic white over gray cloth. So it's like a work truck. It's not even like a, a Lariat or anything. It's $18,000. I wonder if it's like, uh, this is a way I can have a car collection. And like skirt taxes or something. I don't know. Uh, is there some loophole? Like, like if I call it a car dealer, I can just keep my collection here. And um, nobody maybe will nobody will bug me and I'll just put a ridiculous price. And if it sells, it sells. 1999 Pontiac Firebird Formula Trans Am. With 60,000 miles. 99 Trans Am. Yeah. With 60K. Yeah. Do you have a guess in the price for that car? Uh, they probably want 25 for it. They want 52 for it. Okay. Right. <laughs> That's what I mean. $25,000 will get you a 91 Ford Thunderbird Super Coupe with 107,000 miles. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't understand. Yeah. So maybe it is like I can have a car collection this way. But I can also use it as like a write-off because maybe I don't make money. But every car has, you know, the info on the on the windshield to buy it. They have full-time sales staff. They have. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, the ol the only thing I could think of. I don't know what was, this game is. 
Yeah. The only thing I could think of was maybe it's because they can get financing for these things. Oh, maybe. So if somebody wants an old car, you know, and they look and they're looking at, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollar cars and they can't afford to buy one cash and they can't get financed for it. But you go to this dealership and the dealership's like, yeah, we'll give you twenty thousand dollars in financing for this ninety one hundred. That's the only thing I can think of. I don't know any other way it could even pass muster. I mean, they wanted like there was like a ninety one Jeep Grand Cherokee there, like the wooden side, like Grand Wagoneer. Yeah, like they're neat trucks. They've gone up a bit in value. Um, the truck wasn't nice. It was a very average condition. It had some chipped paint. Um, true mileage unknown. You know, it had a lot of weird stuff on it. It had a five point three LS swap, but. Again, it was $55,000. Hmm. And I don't know anybody who's paying $55,000 for a Jeep Grand Wagoneer that's not one of the, what do they call that place? The wagon. There's a place that does like singer style builds to Grand Wagoneers. And they're six figures, but. Sure. This isn't one of them. And you can't just sell yours for that kind of money thinking it is, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, we talked about, I mean, they used. The collector car market is strong right now, but these sound like they're at the top of the market. They're at the top of the market, but the cars aren't the top of the quality spectrum. You know, like this was parked next to a 78 FJ 40. So Toyota FJ for $72,000. It just, it, it, it boggled my mind a bit. I didn't understand. There were only a couple of cars in there that I consider like a decent deal. Um, there was a 78 928 with 48,000 miles, manual transmission, like aqua greenish blue over tan Pasha. Yeah. And and that was 30 grand, which seemed high, but not like astronomical for a manual transmission, low mile 928. Yeah, I guess the moral of the story is, uh, if it seems expensive, double check. Probably expensive. And uh, this is definitely the type of place where you should get like a PPI of an old car. Yeah, for sure. But you mean PPI a different old car there? Or PPI one of their old cars? One of their cars. Oh, for sure. There was definitely some questionable stuff in there, too. Yeah. I mean, there was there was a Camaro in there, a 67 Camaro that... So they have a drip molding mm-hmm. that's supposed to be like a rain channel, pretty much. Um, and there was so much filler inside the rain channel that there was no more rain channel. It just went met up with the top of the chrome molding. It was... I was like, ugh, that's not a $25,000 car. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I think the biggest thing that blew my mind was, I know you hate El Caminos. I do. But if there were two El Caminos somewhere for sale and you were forced to buy one of them and one of them was a faded paint, a, one of them was a faded paint, original 84, you know, the G body style. And one of them was a gorgeous, like seafoam green, 350 small block, five speed, a uh, four speed manual for the same money as the faded 84 305 car. Which one would you be walking away with? Well, the clean one. Yeah, $34,000 or the faded 84 was like $31,000 for an 84 El Camino. I was just like, I don't. Whoa. Like the green one almost seemed priced kind of in market. But the 84 was just like, what are you thinking? Does the 84 come with five other parts cars that I can park in my yard? For 31 grand, it better come with five other good ones. All right. Not parts cars. I get your El Camino joke there. I just passed right over it, though. 
All right. <laughs> so this ends our forced Andrew El Camino talk. Yes. But anyway, it was interesting. It was a neat event. Uh, it brought me back to the point of they did have free coffee and pastries, probably because they made their entire profit for the year on one car. So they were able to give away some free stuff. But I, I, I just I don't I don't get who's buying those cars. The only thing I could think was, hey, it's got to be because they offer financing. Uh, and the owner of the place came out to me as I was leaving and stopped me and tried to buy the Cressida. So I should have offered it to him for thirty five thousand dollars. You know, after I said no, I had that thought, but I still don't think I even want to sell it right now. <laughs> It'll be too hard to. Maybe I should have done. It. Oh, I should go. I should go back. Yeah. Be like, well, sir, you want a hundred thousand dollars for this Toyota FJ, which is the same year Toyota. So therefore, I want fifty thousand dollars for this. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'd be curious to see what they would offer me. Probably. 3500 bucks and then put it in the market for 25. So, all right. Do you work on anything? Oh, let's think. No. Really? No, I don't think I have. It's been a crazy week with work and it was Memorial Day weekend and we had family stuff all weekend. I don't think I did anything. I I I definitely didn't. I bought some new car covers, but it's hardly a Hardly a thought. Whoa. Right? Oh, FYI, the uh, cheap generic car covers at Walmart. Yeah. Size three is almost like it was fit for a first gen eclipse. Oh, good to know. It fits like a a glove. So go for your talent like nothing. (laughs) And they're like $25. (laughs) Are they like an outside one? Uh, Yeah, the same ones that I have on the cars there that maybe that company budge. Outdoors, they... In the hot in the sun, they probably last about two years. So they're not they're okay. They're not, you know, California car cover quality, but they're also twenty five dollars. Yeah, so, I'm just thinking occasionally I, I I would like to park it outside if I need to use my garage for something or I'm cleaning the yeah, garage during would, the day. It would be it would be perfect for that. They're a nice soft material and they like I said, it, it fits the eclipse like like it was made for it. It was funny because I had to buy two covers. I had to buy one. Look at that. I did make the covers a topic. Um, I had to buy one for the Eclipse and one for the 68 Mustang. Um, and I looked at the back of the box because they give like reference for the cars. And actually listed on the box was Eclipse 91 to 99 and Mustang 64 to 99 or something Perfect. like that. I was like, oh, queen. this is the right size. <laughs> so apparently they're very similar size cars overall. I mean, I don't know. You guys have like super Walmarts there. I don't know if the Walmarts here would sell them. Uh, probably would in the automotive section. I don't know. Or you could go to the Walmart in like Seabrook, New Hampshire, which is a yeah. super Walmart. Yeah. These Walmarts are like pretty small around here. Yeah. The one in like Salem and Danvers might not, but the one in Seabrook might, which I'm sure you'll be driving past there for something at some point. Heading up 95 North to go North to vacation places. Yeah, so I guess the only thing really we did, my dad and I put the gas tank back in the, or a new one back in the Beetle. And it worked out well? Oh, yeah. Put gas in it, the car runs. That's all you can ask for. So it was definitely like, the other one was getting clogged from the sealer that's in there. Excellent. Yeah, again, I think people are like 50-50 on this sealer deal. Well, I think... The 50-50 people might be thinking of pre-2020 uh, 
corn gas, you know? Maybe. I don't know. I It's like the problem with it is the way this tank is set up. It's got from the feed line inside the tank. So basically it would be the pickup tube is like a big, does like a loop. It like goes up and then down in uh, to the lowest point of the tank. So when you try to put that sealer in, like who knows how well it got up into that tube and like it probably didn't flow out evenly around the orifice of the tube. So that that's why it got clogged. Okay. So I, I don't know. That's the problem when you've got like little passages in the, in the tank like that, it's going to get clogged up. So yep. Every time, you know, maybe if you had just a old school giant tank out of the back of an American car with, it's basically got like a, I don't know. There's probably no tubes in those. There's probably just like a pickup at the bottom. Yep. Like that's probably fine because the gravity just feeds into it. This, it has to like go up a loop, which kind of made sense when you thought about it because it's going to pull the fuel pump's going to pull a little vacuum on it because it's a fuel injected car. So it'll keep a little bit of fuel up in that tube. So if you go around a corner, it doesn't just slosh away from the pickup. Gives you a little bit of okay. a, a reserve in that tube. At least that was my theory why that's like that. So plus it puts it, it in the, makes sense. Plus it puts it in the lowest part of the tank. So it makes sense. Actually, my uh, my Starion has been just by running it and you know letting it idle for a bit and running it and letting it idle for a bit. It's been clearing out whatever obstructions were in there that had gone through the system and gone through the filter now too. It's running pretty good. Is it running better? Yeah, it's running like it should. Cool. So yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't ventured around the block far with it yet. I mean, just literally around the block up and down the street is all I've done. Um, but there's almost no hesitation now, and it pulls all the way to red line. This is the real Italian tuna podcast here lately. Yeah, for sure. Um, actually, it's what I was doing when you uh, messaged me to say we were ready to podcast tonight. I was. So I, I guess I was working on something. So unfortunately, the back of the car, as everybody knows, is a rusty piece of junk. Um, and when I took the exhaust, sorry, when I took the tank out of it, I had to unbolt the hanger where the, the exhaust was. The back of the car being, it starts at the rear of the front bumper. At the front of the front bumper, actually. Okay. Um, I had to unbolt the exhaust hanger where the tank bolts in. Um, and unfortunately, it did not survive. So there's no more exhaust hanger and where the exhaust hanger goes, there's no more metal to re like tap a hole. <laughs> so there's nowhere to put the exhaust hanger without doing some fab work, which I could do and it won't be a problem in the future. Um, but for now I was doing the, uh, the old school way of using some mechanics wire and holding it away from the tank. Cause the problem is when the car is running, um, the back of the exhaust is loose so it smashes the side of the tank and it echoes for the whole car. So when you drive it, it sounds like the car is falling apart. And it's really not. So I just strapped that out of the way of the... Oh, uh, God forbid if somebody thinks the car is falling apart. No, I don't care what people on the outside think. It's uh, driving on the inside. I want to be able to hear actual scary noises. So I know when to jump out and roll. Okay. So basic, basically, I need to know when the car is going to fall apart. And if false falling apart noises are happening, I won't know. 
So listen, you make fun of me, but before you know it, I'll have the nicest Aryan flat body around. Maybe I won't hold my breath, but all right. I wish you luck <laughs> before you know it. All right. All right. All right. Uh, I don't know when that's going to be. But Trust the process. It, Trust the process. Exactly. Trust there is a process. I hope so. There's, there's not a process. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you've only got. I mean, my my suggestion was to put the steering engine in the Mustang problem solved. Yeah. Well, that didn't go over very well. I suggested that to the other parties that be. And uh, it's not going to work. <laughs> so we're not, we're not doing that. I apologize, Andrew. Your idea, your idea sucks. All right, put it in the um, uh, Toyota pickup. Uh, if it wasn't for the cross member being in the right, in the way of the oil pan, that would be a good a good thought. But unfortunately, the cross member is in the way of the oil pan, so it's not happening. Hmm. But I thought about that because I have that other G fifty four B I could do that with. It's not happening. So, no. There are a lot of projects to happen, and the simplest way to make them happen is to make them not too custom. Right? Build it the way it's supposed to be built. Yeah, that's kind of the way I do it. Yeah. You know, maybe have in the future something once everything else is done that I want to just mess around with. But while I have things I have to get done, I might as well do them the right way and the simple way. Well, yeah. If you had your garage all set, you could. you know, you can tackle stuff that takes more fab work because you have a place yep. to keep it. But to just hustle and get stuff moving, yeah, you know, just put them back together. Yep, I just want to make them work. So we'll see what happens. But I'm still i I found a transmission for the Mustang, but it's in Texas. So that stinks. Um, but I'm going to be in Texas probably in a few months. So or more than a few months, but we'll see. Maybe I can pick it up. But and if I have a transmission, the motors seem easier to get. So I'm not buying a brand new motor despite any suggestions. Unfortunately, it's not in the budget, so I'll have to find a correct used motor for it. But I think I'm going to take your and everybody else's suggestion and not even bother trying to make a Ford, you know. Mustang five liter fuel injection work and just go with the uh, the Holly Sniper setup. It's it's not even worth it because eighties nineties Ford fuel injection is not great anyways. It was super yeah. limited. Yeah, and no, you have no OBD, nothing like the amount you'd have to make sure you get all the harness from the donor car, all the ECU stuff, all the sensors. Whereas yes, the Holly's more expensive, but you just can use the carburetor intake manifold and just bolt it on top, add some sensors to the outside of the engine. You need O2 sensors, which are easy to weld in. Yeah, it a bung. I think it all comes with a kit, actually. I think it does, too. Yeah, it probably does. Yeah. Uh, you probably put, you know, coolant temp sensors in wherever they go. Either you, you, you cut the little adapter, it goes inside the hose, or I don't know. I've never set one of these up, but I, I know we have a friend that's got one. They're pretty easy. And the thing will just start and run and idle and learn it. Like it'll just self-learn just like an OBD2 car. Yep. And like I said many times before, we're not building a race car, so it doesn't need to be 
you know, set up and dino tune and all that stuff. You can just, you can run it as is and it will learn the proper. Oh, it'll run plenty fine on a, just a four barrel and it'll just figure it out. Yep. Just and, a base, a base app. And then later on, yeah, somebody could, you know, optimize it for you, but initially it'll just work. Yeah. I want it to just work. I want it to be able to like go up to the mountains without having an issue. So I yeah, think it'll self adjust to yeah. whatever conditions are. Uh, you can probably hook it up, I'm sure, for temperature sensors, so you can just run electric fans. Yep. You know, especially you want to have AC going. Uh, you know, the car's not going to overheat. I'm sure it has stuff like a modern car where if it starts to run hot, it'll run the fans, and if that's not enough, it starts to richen the mixture up to try to cool the engine off. So. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's pretty well uh, pretty well thought out. So you could probably hide it's- the display like in the glove box or something. You definitely can. Most people do, actually. Yeah. So that's definitely that's definitely what's going to happen. So I just need to find the right parts for it. But each day that goes by, I'm closer and closer to having all the right stuff collected. So the other thing too, it's like I said, this was, um, you know, for a car that you're going to keep for a long time, like it doesn't really spending that amount doesn't really matter, right? Because it's it just makes the car more valuable to you. Yep. And and it makes it easier to use, so you're gonna use it more. Like Right. No, that's the thing is is I'm not only I'm not gonna be the one driving it very much. It's gonna be driven by other people. So my whole theory is to make it so that I never have to get the phone call that hey the Mustang won't start. Yeah, because it's like vapor locked or whatever or something yep. dumb. Like you know, because at least like it'll give you kinda like it'll kinda tell you what's up, I think. We can I gotta look into these more. I don't know much about them. Yeah, well, I'll learn you soon, hopefully. So, I mean, the the good news is, is that they are like there's a lot of them being used, so there's a good user base for them. Mm-hmm. And the good news is that we have friends that have used them, so I can call them for questions. <laughs> cool. So, um, anyway, so the Volkswagen runs. That's where we're at. Yeah, it does. Uh, we've got to do a rear axle seal because leaking. Okay. Uh, and then my my dad splurged and bought the disc brake conversion for the front. Yep. Which I mean, it's, it's a splurge, but it's a it's a wise move. I think it makes it. It'll make it run better. Uh, run, yeah. run better. Stop better. Stop better. Because <laughs> um, it, it does. It's like got no power assisted drums. Yep. Uh, and they're kind of like. Yeah, put your foot in them. They're a suggestion of breaking. Uh, I said it's funny because I I don't think I mentioned this in the podcast, but he bought my dad bought a thirty eight Buick. Yes, uh, and you know it's got the big Art Deco styling, pontoon fenders. It's a real pretty car. Um, but when you it's look super at the car, cool. it's super cool. When you look at that, it's three three speed on the floor, straight mm-hmm. eight. When you look at that car. Next to the Beetle, you're like, oh yeah, these were designed initially the same year, same time. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And Even though your Beetle's a Super Beetle, so it's got a little bit of updates. Oh, oof, a curved windshield and front struts. Has a few more. <laughs> Still a Beetle. It's got fat bumpers on it. That's about. Um. No, it's really cool, and uh, I was looking at. It, I got to do. The guy gave us like door seals and trunk seals I got to put in. On the Volkswagen? Like, yeah, they were all toasted and they got a little overspray from the, the respray they did on it. Yeah. 
Yeah, you didn't talk enough about that Buick. So it's a 38 Buick special, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. So it only has like 47,000 miles on it. Oh, I think it's up in the, I thought it was up in the 80s. Is it that high? Yeah. But either way, it's an original car, original paint, original interior, original engine. Like the car has never been restored, which is amazing for a 1938. Yeah, I don't, we can't figure out, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how you have a, a 75, almost 80 year old vehicle that just survives. Yeah, well, the car has been known around Massachusetts in the vintage car community for a long time. So it was a collector car probably back in the 50s or 60s. Yeah, you know, so you so figure it was, it was fairly new years, when somebody, yeah. Yeah, 25 years from 38. So it was fairly like, new when somebody started keeping yeah, it as, like a, 63, as a 64, car. it was an antique car. Yep. So it's been in storage and treated that way since then. That helps for sure. Um, but the car overall is just, it's amazing to think. I mean, there's been a couple little things here and there, but I mean, it's 1938 and it's now 2021. So it's, it's been a long ass time. So it makes sense that maybe something's changed, but overall the car is, you know, remarkably original, uh, and doesn't look it. It's, it looks like a restored car. Yeah. So it's, it's super cool. I can't wait to go for a ride in it. Um, just because it's like a very stately I don't know. It's just cool. It's giant. It's like, it's funny because people complain about cars getting bigger now, but. Oh, it's huge. They were big. Yeah, it's huge. (laughs) Like cars were big until like the seventies. Cars were only small from like. to like 95. Even mid seventies, they started getting smaller. Everything downsized a little in the mid to late seventies. Yeah. You went from the giant, huge, like you know, seventy-five Caprice to the one that was a cop car through the late seventies and the eighties. It was a much smaller car, like the seventy-five. But again, it was all that gas crisis stuff that really made the cars smaller. Um, and they were they were huge, huge. Like, oh, this Buick is like a it's the size of a a, a pickup truck today. Yeah, it's probably not much smaller than the 2500 HD crew cab across the street. Uh, lengthwise, yeah. Width, yeah. definitely. It's narrow. Yep. But, and also height. It's probably, it's like, because you figure roads weren't very good either. So they're basically just like truck height. Yeah, there's trucks. Yeah, it's super cool. I'm, yeah. I'm way in love with it. I, I'm super excited for you guys for that car. It's basically a crossover. Yeah. <laughs> for the first crossover. Well, every car was a crossover then, I guess. Yeah. No, it's 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 super cool, and it looks it has that like, you know, it's like a what somebody might describe today as like a gangster car of the '30s. Oh, it definitely um, is. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, and I don't know if that was if that was the point when they were all trying to come out with V8s or straight eights or. Well, it was kind of a horsepower war at the time. Yeah, and you know the eight cylinders is what did it. That car's a straight eight, right? Mm-hmm. Which is cool too. Like eight cylinders in a row is a long engine. It's very smooth because, and that's why they put them in a row. Yep, just like an inline sixes. Like the Cressida motor is like silky. Yeah. So. Yeah, they have. It's cool. It it both the six and the eight. It balances out the secondary vibration. So. I don't think you've posted any pictures of it yet either, have you? Uh, I haven't had a chance to take good pictures of it. So. Yeah, you gotta get that done. Because it's so big, it needs to be out in an open space right now. It's well, you can do garage. detail shots, like teaser detail shots of things. Yeah. Might be kind of neat. 
like the headlights are ridiculous and the extra driving lights are cool. I don't know. I dig everything. There's nothing I don't like about it. Let's put it that way. I've never wanted like a 30s car, but now I'm like, oh, that's cool. I could drive that. I've seen a couple early 50s cars lately driving around. I'm like, yep. mm, those are pretty cool, too. Yeah, I'm I'm way into 50s cars. It's always been something I like. Um, and I said that many times that I'd love to have something with a modern drive drive line, just a daily drive out here because you can. Somebody drove by my house with it was probably like a 52, 53 or 54 Cadillac. OK. Uh, coupe or yeah, I think it was coupe. Sure. Uh, super cool looking. It's Blue good. one or yellow one? Black. Oh, okay. I was thinking the two I know on Peabody. No, because it's got those, like, they're kind of like these cool, like, soft lines. Yep. Kind of a bubbly, you know, it was weird, right? Because they kind of went pre, from. It's pre-crazy jet age. It's Yeah, it's pre-jet age, post-World War Two, Post-art deco, pre-jet age. Yeah, they're it's... getting away from pontoon fenders because pontoon fenders felt really old after World War Two. Yes. Yeah. And then, when the like 40, 48, 49 was when that started going away. Yeah. Um, real cool looking. And then there was like in traffic, it was probably a 54 Chevy and like a bronze color. Mm-hmm. Also a cool looking car. Yeah. Fi- like 53, 54s. Really cool looking. 49 to 54 is the same body it's it's people will yell at me for saying it's the same, but to the untrained eye, it's the it's a similar shape. Yeah, um, for those years, um, and I'd like all of them. Those are actually my favorite Chevys. I prefer those to the fifty five, six, and sevens, um, just because they're they're less common and they have a nicer design to them. Uh, and I've always been kind of an outside fan of the lowrider culture, and those early fifty Chevys have always been huge. What they call lowrider bombs which are, you know, pre-60s lowriders. Um, and they look really neat with the right set of uh, sombrero hubcaps or Cadillac hubcaps and white wall tires and real low on the ground. Yeah, they look really cars. good with wide, wide white walls and yep. lowered. Yep. Yep, that's that's when I say I want a 50s car with a modern driveline just to drive every day, um, that would be top of the list, followed up by after 57 um, Chevys or Fords or Edsel even. The other thing too is they look good in both a two-door and a four-door. Um, where like a Tri-5 Chevys don't look that great in right. four-door. For whatever reason, they just didn't. And you can buy a four-door early 50s Chevy, yeah, a nice driver for less than 7000 bucks. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean, how do you beat that? That's a that's a killer deal for an old car. I mean, you start getting into Bel Air convertibles; they're going to be, you know, expensive. But a, a four door, just a cruiser, into it. Yeah, I would definitely consider that uh, if I had the space for it. That's a yep. Yeah, they are big. <laughs> so, all right. Anyway, um, speaking of buying cars, get some auction picks this week. Sure. Um, we'll go first here. I got. I'm over on cars and bids. Uh, right now, wheelhouse 2004 Pontiac GTO, six-speed manual, black on black. Okay. Uh, 27,000 miles on it. So, so the car I wanted when I was buying my Evo. Yep. Not enjoyed enough, I don't think. But Not with 27K on it. 
Um, even if you put 40k in this car, it'd still be worth money. For sure. Looks super nice. Uh, I like these better than... Uh, it's a shame. These these should have sold better than they did. But people are like, we're just dumb about it. Oh, people at the time, I remember in in period, you know, car people were like, it's a, it's a Cavalier. It just looks like a Cavalier. It's boring. And then GM was like, all right, fine, we'll put hood scoops on it and dual exhaust. And they ruined it because the first years, I think, looked best with the flat hood um, and the single side exhaust. Yeah, nice Personal. I mean, this is what you want. Like, it's it was a fourth gen Camaro with a better chassis. Yep. Yep. No question. And again, I was in the market to buy one when they were new. Um, Five days left, 13 grand, six bids. I bet that'll go for 25. Close to tw- yeah. I was going to say low, tw- low twenties. Yeah. So probably low twenties. Cause again, it is an early car. They are less desirable than the later cars. Cause the it's early, cool <laughs> I think it's cool looking, but the mechanically they were different too. The early cars had a five, seven. Um, and the later sure. cars were a six liter with a little more power. Yeah, um, whatever. Which doesn't make a difference for just a cruising car, um, but it does make a difference in the value, no question. So, yeah. I mean, the only thing that let them down, actually, I think, was the Pontiac stuff. Like they looked better as Holdens, for sure. Like, like you know, the fact that the front they had to, you know, force onto the the front of this the dual Pontiac grills that like Grand Prix had at the time. Is kind of what kills it, and the weird wide five wheels. See, I like the wheels. Yeah, they just—I don't like them. They're just too wide and flat. Like the spare is like a thin five-spoke alloy or something, mm-hmm. and that like that looks cooler than these. Like they could have just, but uh, wheels are easy to change. So, yep, that's an easy fix. Uh, but yeah, the single, the dual tip. Single side exhaust. It's it's a very cool car. Red yeah, gauges. It, it made it more European, which is what it was, you know, competing against at the time. There wasn't any kind of the other rear car seat to compete against. Is like two little buckets. Yeah, I worked at the Chevy dealer when those were new, the Chevy Pontiac dealer. Yeah, and they weren't towards the end of 04 or beginning of 04. They had the 03 models or leftovers. Uh, and they had an employee discount pro- program going at the time, and I could have bought one brand new for high twenties, yeah, um, which was a deal at the time. Um, we had a blue with blue leather interior on the lot, which I didn't like at all. And if I was going to spend the money, I didn't want blue on blue. I wanted the black with a red interior. And uh, I said, if they could find me a black with a red interior, I would be buying it. Um, but they did not. <laughs> and before they found one, I found the the black Evo and bought that instead. So could have changed everything. If I bought a GTO then, right? Yeah, I guess probably not. I'd probably still be into crappy old Mitsubishi. Yeah. I don't know. It'd just be, it's a cool car. It's, uh, it's modern, but it's still analog. Yep. Like I would definitely, I definitely look for one one day. Yeah, no, I would drive definitely one. A, that's definitely a car of my youth that I would rebuy. For sure. Given the budget. So 
Yeah. And again, so. mid mid teens to low twenties is not a bad deal for a low mile. One of those, I don't think. No, I don't think you lose money on it either. I know people are like, Oh, it's hard to get parts for them. Cause they it's not that out. hard. Who cares? I don't care. Yeah. It's not that hard. It's probably hard to get body parts. Yeah. But mechanical stuff is shared across other things too. So don't wreck it. About it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to get parts. Uh, sir, I drive a Galant VR4. So yeah. it's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not worried about parts. Uh, there's a, a little bit of nervousness every time I take it out. So. Yep. Yep. But With anything we drive. Yeah. So. All right. Dumb. Spe- speaking of weird stuff. Um, cars and bins again 88 dodge caravan le i i don't know why i guess some people would collect this i it's not for me but it's kind of ridiculous that it's got uh this is like a california car it's now it's in arizona it's in phoenix actually it's got ninety one thousand miles on it i mean it's super super clean like it doesn't look like there was ever anybody in this car okay because it's like a, like a light tan interior what kind of car is it? Dodge Caravan. Oh. <laughs> LE. Okay. I mean, the bids are like four grand. So I don't know if you want to be like a weird, like insane redwood person and like show up with a bunch of people in this thing, do like a full soccer mom thing. I mean, I guess if you had give out orange slices out of the back of it tons of extra money and didn't mind having one lying around in 88. So it's a square one, right? Yeah. You know, I was not on board at all until I just clicked the link you sent me. Yeah. And I'm kind of on board now. It's the V6. So it's the Mitsu V6. Yeah, it's a Mitsu three liter. Same as the uh, Montero. Your, your first year Montero was. Yeah. I mean. It's right yeah. in town. <laughs> I don't have any money. So. Not worried about that, but oh, wow, that's weird. It is weird, right? I, I haven't seen one in that kind of condition in a very long time, so it never really. See, this is the kind of thing that if you have tons of money, you buy and you do like a three thousand GT VR four swap. Uh, you don't even do that. <laughs> I'm this just saying, if the, you have tons of money, this is the type of thing you buy. If you are a like the like, uh, if you're a very esoteric car owner, it's either that or you're like one of those houses or one of those places that just supplies movie cars. Yeah, I can see this like in the Americans. Yeah, this this is definitely an Americans car. Like it would be yeah. in the show or in the background because it basically looks brand new. Like it would be a character would be this or just be parked in the street or yep. movies or this being like Stranger Things or something like. Yeah, I, well, I'm glad I don't have money because I don't need this fan. Um, and I was not interested at all based on your description. But based on looking at pictures of it, it's just it's such a time capsule. Yeah, it's really wild. Yeah. And, I, and I don't know what the market is for this. I don't know. There isn't know a market. They, is there, though? I don't know. Is this like a Malaise Motors type thing? I don't, I don't know. It, it 100% is that that market is it. Um, the turbo ones have a little more of a following, Yeah, but this is, I don't know. You know what it is about this car is I didn't know I missed seeing these until you showed me this one. Yeah, they, they definitely do not. They haven't existed here in 20 years. 
No, they don't exist here either. But what's cool about it is that it's it's it just brings back that like again nostalgia drives the whole entire car market, right? So this just brings back childhood. I mean, my parents never had a Chrysler minivan, but I certainly had plenty of friends whose parents. Had oh, I've ridden these definitely. Yeah, hundred percent. I've probably ridden in the same exact combo. You know, it's. I mean, other than the K car, it was kind of a vehicle that saved Chrysler. So. It is. I would say it is a vehicle that saved Chrysler more so than the K car, <laughs> or at least kept them relevant after the K car helped yeah. them along. Look at that cassette deck Infinity stereo. This is a loaded car. Mm-hmm. The cassette holder in the center console. All right. <clears throat> I dig it. I mean, I drove an 80 Colt every day for a while, so I guess uh, it's not too outside of expected that I would drive this too. It's a that would have been a, a two car family with that. The 80 Colt and the 84 caravan. Right? Because it would have been like you drive that to work every day. And then the other thing is for your wife and kids. Yep. No, you're right. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong at all. After you sold, you had the 80 Colt for your commuter and you had to sell your 82 Plymouth Turismo because you had children and bought this minivan. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it crank windows. No, you traded in your 74 Duster 340. Right. No, in Land 6. <laughs> Land 6 car. No, you had a cool car. You had to trade it in. Oh, okay. And you bought these two boring Generic. vehicles. Yeah. So this guy has the Infinity cassette deck stereo, and it's got crank windows and, and manual locks and manual mirrors. Uh, who knows? It's a wild combo. That's has no exterior wood trim either, which is that's the only thing that make it better. And it's funny that that V six, like looking at a picture of the engine, it's just the valve covers are exactly the same. The oil cap is the same basic shape; it doesn't have the same writing on it. But the intake manifold is different. It says Chrysler. Yeah. But there's no question that's a Mitsubishi V6. No. They must have sold so many of those engines. It's crazy. And under the hood, the, the jack is under the hood, too. That's yep. cool. I never. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah, it's neat. I'm uh, I'm into it. All right. So back to performance. <laughs> cars. But I'm into it. Um, it's a leaf spring. It's a solid axle. It's a solid axle rear with leaf springs. Yeah. I mean. They still like use not that a drift axle, just like a yeah. It's like it's like a brand new Dodge Ram Promaster. Yeah, exactly. They still use that today. Oh, so terrible. So, all right, Patch performance cars. Now, I I think I remember this back from Sport Compact Car, and it's weird that it's two of them in the same week that have popped up. Uh, a the 2003 Lancer Evo with a Sparco livery all over it. Yep, it was like a uh, what do I want to call it? Like a show car, sort of? Like a demo car? That's what I want to call it, a demo car. Um, and I definitely remember seeing it in like Sport Compact Car. For sure. I remember it too. I think it was in a video game too. Maybe yeah, one of the first four. Yeah, one of the first Forza, Forza, yeah, one of the first ones. Okay. It's got all Apex AI parts, HKS stuff. It's like all really nice stuff, Sparco stuff. Like modified in 2003, like definitely a snapshot of 2003. Yep. But it's really cool. Like I would drive it as is. Yeah, no question. I, I 
I wouldn't have liked it that much then. I would have pulled all the stickers off. But looking at again through the now, I'm so nostalgic for it. Yeah, through the glasses of nostalgia, I would drive it just as is. For sure. Yeah. yeah, it's wild that they like pulled. So like the steering wheel is funny. It's just like the weird adapter. Like that looks kind of crummy because they just like did a weird long adapter and a Sparco wheel. Okay. Because obviously it came in the Momo factory, but this is a Sparco car. Yep. But, they had to use the right uh, the right wheel for their for their company. Yeah, but it's <laughs> like a, when you look at it, it's got a weird adapter. It's like, and then for no reason, it's in kilometers. I don't know why. I don't know where it was built. It's weird. Sparco's not an American company, I don't think. So it says it was imported to Huntington Beach, California. Um, yeah, it was delivered new to Huntington Beach, Mitsubishi, in California. Hmm. Why is that? Why is it in kilometers? That's so strange. Because it was the cool JDM thing to do. Uh, yeah, maybe they swapped the cluster. That's fucking, that's weird. No idea. Oh, I think this is the Sport Camper car cover, Ultimate Evolution. It was on the cover of the magazine, too. So we probably both had that magazine back then. Yeah. So I think we both had a subscription through most of the late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> Featured in Forza Motorsport 2. Forza 2. Mm-hmm. I thought I remembered it from from back then. Early Xbox days. Super cool car. Yep. And then the other one, on, so that was on Bring a Trailer, and it's up for, it's at like 13 grand, five days left. Okay. Yeah. That I don't know what it's going to do because it's got, you know, it's got all the stickers on it. It's not, it's not an original car, but. I bet it'll go somewhere in the 30s, high 30s. Yeah. That's my guess. And then this thing. I also feel like I remember this from Sport Sport Compact Car because it was like a contest car. It's a Jun modified Civic hatchback. I definitely remember that because it was a giveaway car. Yeah, for sure, I remember that car. Um, Super Street Magazine giveaway two thousand one. I think Interesting it was also it it started think... as like a EX or something. Yep, or a DX. Yeah, it was modified pretty much to mimic a Type R. Yeah. But obviously, they didn't sell a Type R here. So, but it's the Jun green and yellow, like very cool looking. It's got T37s on it. If I'm not wrong, I think that that car was also in a BF Goodrich ad. Probably. Remember the BF Goodrich used to have the ads. The background was like a similar color to the car. Oh. And it had a perfect side profile shot of the car. I think and you're they had right. a bunch of different ones for all the different, you know. Styles of tires they had like an off road one, a sport compact one, a muscle car one. And I think that one of the years that car was in for the sport compact BF Goodrich ad, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, see, I I love it. See, to me, this was the style. I'm still into the style of car because it's still cool. Yep. Or the, the styling of this car. This is what I was into in 2000. Like from like late nineties till now, because it aged well, it didn't look goofy. It looked purposeful. Yep, the uh, graphics would be the only thing I'd probably change, but I wouldn't now. I would give yeah, the you history of this car. Yeah, at the time you might have done it, but yep, you know I would have won a solid car, like a solid yellow, <laughs> at the time. But so I was close. It is a BF Goodrich ad. Yeah, um, Integra. Just go. No, it's that car. Um, but it's not their similar format. It didn't have just like the side shot. 
Um, it was a front angle and a rear angle of it doing like a, a burnout at the top and raising the inside rear wheel going around autocross in the bottom. Cool. But it was definitely, it was definitely an ad, it was an ad in 2001. So why I remember that, I cannot tell you. It's a very good ad. That's why you remembered it. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah. So to me, like the stuff from like Nopi and all that crap, that is not, I'm not nostalgic for that. I never thought it was cool. It's no, I always hated the body kits and the stereos and the custom interiors and yeah, I, and all that stuff. It never did anything for me. We're more of a sport compact car. That was yep. our, our thing. It was simple. It was clean. It's kind of the way we've always been and we've just never changed. Sort of a JDM style, I guess, quote unquote. Yep. And uh, I saw somebody kind of look at somebody on Twitter had a car, you know, similar style. And kind of similar to my G20 and kind of commented that these are like a Japanese street style from the 90s. Okay. That makes sense. And I was like, that, yeah, that, I was like, like yeah, the, that, like, that does make sense. Kanjo Racer was the Hondas were called, right? Yeah. Kanjo. Like lowered aftermarket wheels, basically stock body with just like other stuff. Like, yeah, a little lip kit is the most they would go as far as body kits went. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that ad. Yep. It was in my brain for some reason. I, I thought it was the side shot ones because most of them run then were, but it's a little bit different than that. So, man, cool. That's really cool. So, yeah, those are my standouts. Uh, I had a few um, when I was going through stuff, stuff that's current on the auction or just finished, I should say. Um, one was a 22,000 mile Mitsubishi Lancer Evolution. So the cleaner version of the Sparco car, but bone stock. Um, I think it had a couple of minor things like a, had a small, uh, little lip in the front and a JDM style rear bumper. Um, but nothing else crazy, maybe aftermarket exhaust and intake. Um, but 22,000 miles. So in 09, sorry, 06, I mean, that would be an Evo nine. And it's an SSL car, so it has the high HIDs and the sunroof. So that would have been a probably mid $30,000 car. Sounds about right. So it sold this month for $45,000. Whoa. So it's just it's just crazy to me because I literally had a car with similar miles on it. When I traded it in, it was like nineteen grand, you know, and it's just it's hard to sit back now and look at what the prices these have done. Cause I, and probably you and probably a lot of people assumed that much like the Evos and not Evos, excuse me, the uh, eclipses and talons and other all wheel drive turbo Galant VR fours, you know, we probably figured that one day these cars were going to be 5,000 bucks, you know, and we figured that we could buy one again in the future when they were a $5,000 car, but it never happened. I didn't. <laughs> I always assumed they'd go down lower than they were. Maybe not five grand, but you know, ten to fifteen. And it just they it did. never happened. They, never happened. Yeah, they did. They hit it really? like four years ago. Well, not when I was ready to buy one, that's for sure. But they never really went super cheap, and now they're on the upswing. And I, I understand this is a twenty-two thousand mile car, so obviously it's going to be you know a premium over some of the other ones. But man, even some of the hundred and thirty thousand mile cars I'm seeing for twenty grand plus. So, I knew they were special at the time. I was like, this is, these are our muscle cars. 
and we're going to regret getting rid of them, but we both did. Yep. You, your STI, and your Evo. <laughs> yeah, because so. even that Evo is still worth. Yeah. Yeah, crazy money. I don't know. It just, it, it, it bugs me out a little bit because I had it and I let it slip away and then just expected I'd be able to replace it and never was able to replace it. So, and now most of them are junk and used up, which I guess you're right. That is the definition of our muscle car. Yep. It's the same, the same kind of deal. So, uh, my other big standout was one that, uh, it proves that not every car on BAT is crazy. Um, kind of the unloved Celicas, but coming into their own. So it's a second gen Celica. So this is an 81. So it's a square headlight car and it's a coupe. So it's kind of a neat looking car. But that um, would still flip up. Nope. This is pre that. It has just totally exposed highlights. The, the grill actually reminds me of like the Sapporo almost. Oh, okay. So it's a very, it's a very simple looking car. Um, they used them in rally, the Marlboro sponsorship, the red, white, red and white ones. It's, it's hard to explain what it looks like. I think the, I think 78 was the first year, maybe 78, 81. Um, anyway, it's super clean car. It's white over like the typical early eighties, uh, blue, Interior, manual transmission car, not a ton of miles. I think it's probably 96,000 miles, five-speed manual. So it's all the stuff you'd want. Um, totally bone stock, stock wheels, stock everything. Just a decent, clean driver uh, with a Weber carburetor and a 22R. Not rusty. Um, on bring a trailer, sold for 3500 bucks. Wow. So again, not something you normally see on bring a trailer anymore as a deal like that, but you know, I can't see any reason not to buy this car for $3,500. It'd be a great driver. You know, it's, it's interesting to see that something like that could even sell there for that kind of money. So surprising, uh, surprising, surprising cheap deal for a good car. Uh, yeah. Let me send you a link when I can, just so you can take a look at it. So you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> It's uh, the same Celica that you remember our friend Hyro had the blue one. Vaguely. Oh. Well. Anyway, I just sent you the link so you can take a look at it. All right, and my other thing that I brought up, which was interesting. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, but thirty five hundred bucks is a good deal, right? Yeah, that is a good deal. I think so. I think so. Um. So this is a crazy one to me. This is on bring a trailer. It's a Porsche 550 four speed transaxle. Oh, okay. Did you see that? Yeah, it's the one on the James Dean car, though. Sure. But it's just a part. It's the transmission and the mounting tube. But it's the one out of the James Dean car. I don't care. You don't care, but somebody else does. It's $382,000. So I guess the guy that bought it is if you're with Zach Baggins, the no. like ghost hunter. No. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know, probably 10 years ago, ghost hunting shows were like really popular. I'd watch okay. them on then guilty pleasure. 
Uh, sure. He's got one that's like Ghost Adventures or something. And it's just like him and his bros. It's real, real dude bros. Uh, going to haunted places, supposedly, you know, find stuff. Um, so he's made millions doing this show. Okay. Like all over the travel channel, like big part of discovery plus like guys, millionaire has a, he's fr- from Las Vegas area. So they have a, he has, he owns a museum in the Las Vegas area. This makes sense. That just has macabre artifacts. So this is going into that museum. Because if you don't know the story, like the car is supposedly, well, the car, it came out of the car that James Dean was killed in. He only owned it for like nine days, was going to a race, got T-boned, killed. Uh, and then supposedly, you know, because the, those cars were so rare at the time, still people were salvaged parts out of it. And then the people that used those parts also crashed and got hurt or whatever. Car would like fall on people and stuff like that. So. Supposedly so he's saying cursed. he's a haunted part. So he's supposedly his haunted stuff collections. So he's not even a car person. No, it's just going. It's it's part of the lore of the cursed 550 spider. You've never heard that. I, I've heard the basicness of it. I didn't know who this this clown was that bought it. It, it doesn't name doesn't mean anything to me. Um, but whatever. He's got money. Great for him. I just two people wanted it, though. I should do. So there's I mean, we could do a podcast on it, but really like uh there's another podcast called astonishing legends that did like three parts on this okay it's, it's like really well researched on the a thing on the uh his whole on the death car and i didn't i didn't know that george barris was involved um and like uh george Guinness. barris was involved yeah so george barris modified the car for him like okay. he like he put the tartan seats in it painted the the stripes on it he hand painted the little bastard on the back well, i don't know that was barris i thought that was a von dutch or something i nope. know somebody famous did it that's barris interesting uh supposedly he had the car afterwards was helping them use it for touring because it was supposed to be like an exhibit for reckless driving because you know that's you know it was one of those like scared straight things in the 50s sure. It uh, supposedly where it was being stored one time, like the place burned to the ground. Um, then in like the like nineteen sixty, the car just like disappeared. Nobody knows where it is. And so the 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 going theory is that George Barris had possession of the car when it disappeared. Is that the James Dean family just told him to like get rid of it because it was like just causing problems wherever it went. Okay. It's kind of weird to just have a, like your family member died in this car and it's just being paraded around. So yeah, it's a little weird. So anyway, yeah, there's astonishing legends did a three part series on this. That was really well detailed. Um, if you want to watch it or uh, listen to it, I guess I'll have to kind of interesting car history that I'm not very aware. And then, you know, Sir Alec Guinness from star Wars. Okay. Old Obi-Wan Kenobi. Sure. So I guess, the big thing he ran into James Dean, you know, this is what 55 or something uh, at some like fancy Hollywood restaurant, you know, they all run in the same circles. I guess he, he knew James Dean and was like, Oh, he's like, you're, you're going to die in that car. Like, he's like, I had a dream that you would die in that car. And then like two days later, he died in the car. It's like really weird. <laughs> hmm. 
That's so. that's strange. It's funny reading the comments on this auction. People are pretty upset that the guy bought it. I mean, he's not going to destroy it. It's just going to go in a museum. What else was? Yeah. It, what else going to do with it? <laughs> Belongs in a museum. It's literally going into a museum. I don't know. Strange. Uh, what are you going to do with it? You going to put it into a car? Yeah. I. I mean, yes. Why not? Because <laughs> it's a guy. It's fine. Are you proud of the story from that point? Next time somebody does a uh, a podcast, I'll be part of it then. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was interesting nonetheless. It just seems like a hell of a lot of money. And uh, despite what the famous part of it is, I don't think um, I don't think it's worth that. <laughs> you don't, but that's literally what makes it worth that much. Yeah. If it was just out of any old 550 spider, it wouldn't be worth that much. I mean, I understand that it's worth more than a standard one. I just don't understand that it's worth. It's just this Hollywood legend because the guy literally made like, I think he made like three movies. He was like this super popular actor. He was going to be a big actor. And then he just, he just died at like 22 years old after he made like three movies. So it was kind of, it's just kind of those weird things. I never watched any of his movies. I think there are, I think some of them are on Amazon. But again, the problem with watching like fifties movies is the pacing is, is yeah they're not they're not good. <laughs> well, you got to watch them from a different perspective. Like they they are they can be good. Um, yeah. They're just made differently. They're not made to hold your attention. Like you know you're used to like watching a Marvel movie where there's like constant action, right? They're just they're filmed different. They're more deliberate. You know, there's certain old movies that are, are really good, but you got to go to like, usually only find those when you're in like a film class or something. So, well, anyway, it, it's crazy to me. I, I'm not denying the history. I'm not denying why it went for what it went for. I just, it seems like an excessive number. So I want to uh, end this auction, co- auction talk about that Evo and then cry together a little bit. Sure. So... Evo two or three? I think it's a three. I think it's a. Th- it's either a two or three. It, it's, yeah. It was a very clean car. I did see it on uh, posted on Facebook. I think it's got low kilometers. Sure, it's got like twenty five thousand kilometers or something. Oh, is it that low? It's pretty low. So then maybe I'm not as scared anymore. No, it's so a I low still... cl- kilometer car. This car sold for seventy two thousand dollars. Yeah, I think it's Canadian though. Uh. That's fine. That's still at least 456 American. Okay. <laughs> no, but still, seriously, 72,000 Canadian is still 60 something thousand American. It's not like, yeah. it's, it's not like it's a huge change. Um, and to think that, you know, I've, I've been lusting after one of these for how long now? And I keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And I'm just watching the prices climb and climb and climb. And it's just, it's, it's quickly escaping my grasp and it's, it's making me a little upset inside. I got to start searching for that mint mirage again and pretend. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't understand again. It, it's car values being what they are right now. Maybe it's not the right time to even be considering car values, but I mean, I, I just, I just, I don't understand. I, I, I they were 20 grand. They were 15 grand and they seemed undervalued and they went to about 20 and that seemed about right. And now they just like this guy went for $72,000. I 
Yeah, it's a low kilometer car, though. And yeah. you'd be fine with like 150. No, I want a low kilometer car. I want a nice driver. Yeah. You know, whatever. It's time to start selling stuff. I really need to get, get my ass in gear and get the Galant fixed so I can put some shakedown miles on it and get it sold and put the money towards one of these, right? Yeah. So live my dream. You just stop buying other cars. Yeah, That's don't go problem. don't go buying uh, Dodge Caravans. I'm not, even though you're trying to force me to. Thankfully, I don't have the money. Good. I have so many cars, but they're all garbage. So not worth anything. Yeah, this is the problem. I could sell all my cars and still not buy an Evo. Oof. Right? Sad. Sad days. Not that I would anyway. Anyway, that's a podcast, Andrew. I guess it is. I guess it is. But uh, yeah, nostalgia is a bitch. That's why things are expensive. People like us, but not us, are starting to have all kinds of money and buy the things that we like. While we don't have any money. Getting there. Oh, not the kind of money these guys have. <laughs> no. Um, anyway. It is what it is. All right. So on the on that uh, depressing end there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Bye, poor people. <laughs> um I yeah, like we said, I mean cars are just expensive. Yeah. There's yeah. other cars, though. You could find other different stuff to play with. And again, that's always been like if we've pre- how many times have we preached that? Buy the car you want, not the car that everybody says you want. I mean, I know that's the car you want. But the problem is, that's the, the car, car I want. It's, yeah, it's, it's the problem that everybody else wants it, too. Yeah, so. I happen to like that one popular car. Most stuff I like is garbage, but that one's not. Yeah. So. Still get it, my French uh, hot hatch. Those are going up, too. They are going up. I know. I got to get rid of my uh, Infinities. Work on getting one of those. So, anyway, soon everything is soon. Yeah, get to it. Yeah. All right, Andrew. So you know the usual. Follow us on all the socials. Uh, Race and anger on Instagram. Auto off topic on Instagram. Where can they find you, Brad? TSISS three five zero on Instagram. All right. Sounds good. Keep your cars analog and aim for the road.